Tuesday, continuing to brag about last month's passage of the Republican tax bill, even as he fired off combative tweets. Trump also blasted others in the White House for talking to Wolf, who was frequently spotted wandering the West Wing with no escort or ensconced in Bannon's office, especially during the early months of the administration. Wolf said Trump was aware of the project and allowed others to participate. An excerpt of the book, published online in New York Magazine, said the author conducted more than 200 interviews over a period of 18 months with the president, most members of his senior staff, and many people to whom they in turn spoke. Sanders said that Wolf never actually sat down with the president since Trump took office and that the two men had only had one five- to seven-minute conversation that had nothing to do originally with the book. When senior White House officials said Trump advisors considered Wolf friendly and believed it would be beneficial to speak with him. This person also said that Wolf interviewed Trump. A second senior White House official said the president had viewed Bannon as a useful ally when he was frustrated with congressional leadership and that, while he didn't consider Bannon a close confidant, he also didn't want him as an enemy. Allies said Bannon was largely incommunicado on Wednesday. He had considered issuing a statement denouncing the book and denying some of the quotes, but was not able to do so before Trump went on the attack, they said. After being forced from the White House in August, Bannon and the president still occasionally talked on the phone, but West Wing aides have long maintained that Bannon overstated the frequency of his calls with and influence over the president. If all of us are being honest with ourselves, I don't think you would have found more than 2% of politicians or reporters who knew who Stephen K. Bannon was, Representative Peter T. King, Republican New York, said in a recent interview. Trump had already won the nomination in the primary. Whether you like the president or not, he is responsible for his win. A White House official said call logs show Trump has spoken with Bannon only five times since the former advisor left, and the official said most of the calls were initiated by Bannon. Trump, however, often uses cell phones to talk with outside advisors and confidants. Trump had complained for several months about portrayals of Bannon as a political Svengali, according to one advisor who speaks with Trump frequently. This has been a long time coming, the person said. Several others said the relationship may be irreparable. Steve doesn't represent my base. He's only in it for himself, Trump said in his Wednesday statement. Steve pretends to be at war with the media, which he calls the opposition party. Yet he spent his time at the White House leaking false information to the media to make himself seem far more important than he was, the statement continued. It is the only thing he does well. Steve was rarely in a one-on-one -on -one meeting with me and only pretends to have had influence to fool a few people with no access and no clue, whom he helped write phony books. It remains unclear, however, whether Trump will exile Bannon indefinitely. The president often likes to cast characters out and then bring them back in and frequently maintains contact with those he has fired. Wolf's book paints Trump as a buffoon who doesn't read, can't settle on political priorities, and is unable to manage a warring cast of advisors who spend their days squabbling and undermining each other and the president. In one scene, Katie Walsh, formerly a deputy chief of staff, is quoted as saying that dealing with Trump is like trying to figure out what a child wants. Walsh disputed that account Wednesday to an Axios reporter. In another book scene, Sam Nunberg, a former campaign aide who was ultimately fired, described trying to explain the Constitution to the president. I got as far as the Fourth Amendment, the book quotes Nunberg as saying, before his finger is pulling down on his lip and his eyes are rolling back in his head. But, at least in the excerpts that have emerged so far, Bannon emerges as the most scathing critic of Trump and his family. Wolf portrays him as a master puppeteer, manipulating the president for his own political purposes. 
Bannon is quoted describing a Trump Tower meeting during the campaign between Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and a Russian lawyer as treasonous and unpatriotic. At another point in the book, he is quoted calling the president's daughter Ivanka Trump dumb as a brick. Wolf also depicts Bannon as harboring his own 2020 presidential ambitions. The president and his team were already infuriated two weeks ago by a profile in Vanity Fair in which Bannon attacked a number of senior Trump advisors and seemed to mock the president. Trump had wanted to attack Bannon then, people familiar with the strategy said. For months, Trump confidants, including aides such as Hicks and Kushner, lawyer Ty Cobb, and friends like Newsmax chairman Chris Ruddy and New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Republican, have tried to persuade the president to cut ties with Bannon, who in recent months has backed insurgent Republicans such as failed Senate candidate Roy Moore in Alabama. Bannon has in recent weeks also alienated his main financial backer, Rebecca Mercer, after he told several other major conservative donors that he would be able to count on the Mercer's financial support.